It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor, Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. It is another primary day across the country. Nearly 80 congressional districts are holding primaries across seven states, with some that could determine control of the U.S. House come November. In Los Angeles, voters will weigh in on the city's next mayor, and there's also a race for governor in South Dakota. All right, that's CBS, and they're getting you ready because today is the primary in the state of California, the state of Iowa, Mississippi, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico and South Dakota, those are the primaries today, and we have a bunch of them next Tuesday, too. But today, right now, let's concentrate on what's happening today. Uh, Rick Grinnell, who, look, he was the president's ambassador to Germany, and on many things, I, I know there's going to be a clash with me and Rick Grinnell someday because he's a strong advocate of gay marriage. He was there in the court when I was there, when they passed gay marriage. There are a lot of differences I have with Rick Grinnell. But on this, I agree with him. He says, Republicans who don't fight need to give up their seats or get primaried. We have to defeat the left's wokeism. It cannot be negotiated with. It's a war, not a job. And I totally, totally agree with Rick Grinnell on that. And so uh, I'll just give you an example. There's a, there's a race in Florida. Now, the primary's not today, and you'll hear me talk about this more. There's a race in Florida where uh, Laura Loomer, who you know is, has made a name for herself nationally about uh, exposing... You know, she confronted Hillary Clinton. She uh, jumped up on the stage in Central Park when this play was going on about uh, murdering, stabbing a character dressed like, looking like Trump by his cabinet, as like the uh, Julius Caesar play by uh, 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 Shakespeare. And so she jumps up on the stage and condemns what they're doing. Now, not many people would do that, but that's what Laura has done, and she has uh, offended a lot of people. I She's a real truth speaker, and she's running against a guy who is an incumbent Republican. His name is Daniel Webster. He's got a great name. He's got great hair. He's a nice guy, but he has the seventh lowest record of attendance in Congress. Uh, When he speaks, he talks about things he did back in the 90s. Uh, He has nothing current to claim because he doesn't do anything. In fact, they call him, the the, the nickname for him is Do Nothing Dan. Look, nice guy. Voted pretty well on some things, didn't care too much about the January 6th committee, didn't show up to vote when they were uh, constructed, didn't care too much about the impeachment of Donald Trump, didn't show up to vote for the second impeachment. You see what I'm saying? It's what Rick is talking about, the do-nothings. Uh, they got, they've got to be gone. They've got to be gone. So you are having primaries in your various states today, and you need to determine, with help from other people that you trust or your own experience, who is willing to fight. And some of those people have, you know, they'll try to make them, you know, like with Laura Loomer, they're icky factors. I like with um, um, Sidney Powell that I interviewed yesterday. She's not running for public office, but uh, they create an ick factor on people that are just bold truth tellers. Uh, We can't have that. And so we have to, to create a taint for them 
don't don't allow them to do that. When you hear this these scandals thrown out at the last minute, be suspicious. Watch for credibility and don't be easily dissuaded by the the dirt that people are going to throw. And you know what? There might be some dirt, there might be some stuff that's true or has some truth to it, but this is not church, it's a politics. And so you have to be able to accept flawed people because by just by the way, in case you did, I'm going to whisper like Biden, everybody's flawed. Okay, did you like that? I didn't like it either. But uh, everyone is flawed. So you may have to assess who has the least flaws, who's willing to fight. You'll put up with this because, like with Rick, you know, I, I totally disagree with his position on gay marriage. He is an out gay man, and I don't like the things he did as the German ambassador to try to get embassies to float the uh, gay flag. I'm totally against that. And But he's right about this, and so I can agree with him on this, and that's what you have to do with pol- politics. You have to look for people who you think will fight for the things that you most agree on, because you might not agree on everything. If we had the choice, if we had the luxury of every candidate being a sold-out follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, not someone who's just flapping their jaws in meaningless phrases, but someone who really means that understands the word, knows the word, then I'd say that would be the candidate. But you're not going to hardly ever find that. And so I'm just trying to help you think about what's happening. And yet, uh, Romans 13 clearly tells us there's a different sphere in our lives as Christians. There is a, uh, a sphere that God has ordained for order, uh, that's uh, it's um, governors, it's law enforcement, it's a different sphere. But it, we are to be responsible citizens in that sphere. You know, when the Bible was written, there was not no democracy. Well, Greece, I guess, tried one, uh, but it was a novel thought. Everybody had a king or a Caesar or you know someone who was wielding the sword uh, to to uh, uh, make people to rule people. Democracy is a relatively new thing in Western culture. And so in this particular setup, it is the people in our country who have the right to decide. And that, that was an incredible experiment, and uh, I guess the jury's still out. I believe that experiment worked beautifully. There has been no other country like the United States of America. No other country has prospered like we have, have done. We were just talking in our Sunday school class on Sunday about how uh, the uniqueness about our military is that we never plundered. We didn't go into a country and plunder and devastate it. We went into a country to win on out of principle, whether it was anti-communism. I'm not saying it was all pure and everything that was done was pure, but overall, that's absolutely true. And we did not plunder the country when we left. We usually went back in and built them up again with loans as Japan, as Germany, as Vietnam. And so um, we are, we're cut out of a different cloth because of the Christian values and principles that were at the heart of our founders and the writing of our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And so we are a unique people. And so, um, so here we are on Election Day, and with that, the early founding fathers, there was no mistake in their mind that you and I and you and you and you had to take responsibility for your government. If you have forgotten that, you need to just like dust off your constitution, dust off the historical documents, and rediscover them as the the old the you know early uh, Hebrews did when they the king found you know the Ten Commandments and the writings of the law all covered with dust in the devastated temple, and they had a public reading of their documents and rediscovered what they were all about. That's what we need to do here. Okay, all that to say, please 
please take your civic responsibility and vote today. If for some reason you can't because you're not registered, then fix that. Fix that. Take responsibility for your country. If you don't, those gas prices at the pump are going to explode. You will no longer be able to drive your car. Your children will not be able to be in public schools without being absolutely, they'll be taken from you more than they are now. They will be so indoctrinated that you will, your whole family will be broken up. That is the goal of the left. They don't want cohesive family units. They don't want cohesive units of any kind, whether it's football or baseball or some club or a church. They want you to be dependent on government. That's the movement. If you could get that in your mind, you can understand the horror of the headlines. And if you want to fight back as short of a gun, then you need to vote, okay? So, all right, let's talk about some of these races. I I talked about a few of them yesterday. You know, I don't claim to understand what's going on in each of your states. And I'm going to be try to be very careful. I get my information from people that I trust, but I don't know what's going on on the ground. There may there's a lot of things I don't know more that I don't know, of course, than what I know. But let me just say, like in the race in California, uh, just one mention. I was just told that there's a guy running out there, Kevin Kyle, who is, is supposed to be incredible, and that's in District Three. A future Freedom Caucus member that people are very excited about him, Kevin Kyle. I don't know what chance he has. Kylie, I think it is. I don't know if he has a chance. I have no idea. There's another um, election in California. This was kind of interesting because this is um, David Valadio, Valadeo, maybe that's the way you say it, uh, is a sitting congressman, and he voted to impeach President Trump. He is one of... Hang on a second now. There, I think there were 10 Republicans who voted for impeachment, and he's the only uh, um, Republican that President Trump has not endorsed his opponent. This is an interesting race to me, and I, I know only what I'm reading here. So, I, you know, again, there's always, even in Fox, I don't trust. I just see, I see the manipulation in the text, and so I have to be very careful. But there are, I guess, three primary challenges for Valadeo, uh, and one is Republican uh, Chris Mathis. And I was reading, as I was reading in this article, and you can tell that Fox is all about Valadeo because now the uh, Kevin McCarthy and the pack of the Republicans has come out to help him because, you know, that's what they do. Uh, they they call, I forget they, how they said in this news article, something about uh, Chris Mathis being, um, what is the word here? Uh, oh, uh, oh, yes, here we go. They called Mathis, uh, no, no. Dangerously, I'm sorry, I can't find it. I've got so much paper in my hand. But they call him something like a stupid conservative. That's not what Fox said, but basically that. Uh, Like an extreme, ultra, ultra conservative. Like, ugh, ugh, that's Mathis running against Valadeo. So uh, President Trump has not weighed in on that race. So Valadeo, the do-nothing except for a vote to impeach President Trump, will probably be reelected. So that's just interesting. That's the only person that voted for Trump's impeachment that's a Republican that Trump did not uh, endorse the opponent. So, and I think we think it's because, well, I'll tell you, because I think uh, President Trump just, you know, re-endorsed Kevin McCarthy, what, yesterday, day before, uh, for uh, his House seat. By the way, he's up in California, too. I don't know who his opponents are. I haven't heard anything about that race, but... You can imagine that the Republicans are circling the wagons and poured, you know, if there needed to be any money, he got it to make sure he could win again. So uh, so he's behind Valadeo, and I'm sure he probably whispered in President Trump's ear about Valadeo. You know, he needs to be supported, even though we've got that icky 
guy who's really the conservative in the race running against him. This is the way it goes, and this is why you have to be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves, and it is hard work. The work of democracy is messy, and it is hard work. That's why Ben Franklin asked when, I, when he left the convention way, way back in the early foundings of our country, and a woman yelled out to Franklin, you know, what kind of a, what do we have? What did you create? What's the Constitution? He said, you have a republic if you can keep it. A republic if you can keep it. And that's because it's a lot of work. It takes people being involved. And if people don't get involved, then the wicked will come in and uh, take over power while the good people are busy working and not doing their job, uh, being civically responsible. And you get what we have in every day's headlines these days. All right. So that's California and South Dakota. I mentioned this race yesterday, but I'll just say uh, Taffy Howard, who is a member of the uh, South Dakota House of Representatives, uh, she's a former officer in the U.S. Air Force, is challenging um, the incumbent, Dusty Johnson. Uh, I guess the issue that Taffy is making on this is that Dusty Johnson thinks there's no problem with election integrity, nothing, no problem with 2020. Taffy Howard thinks there's a big problem, and so that's a race in South Dakota today. I think Taffy Howard has also taken on Christy Noem on some of what she feels have been her bad decisions, and that takes a lot of courage in a state where Christy Noem has been very popular. So that's Taffy Howard uh, versus incumbent Dusty Johnson. And then in Montana, uh, I mentioned this yesterday, it's incumbent Ryan Zinke, uh, who was the former Secretary of Interior. He has the endorsement of the establishment and President Trump. And conservatives that I know and trust say to me the best candidate in that race in Montana one is Dr. Al Ozueski. Ozueski. Uh, and the issue between them is also election integrity. Uh, it sounds like Dr. Al has a lot of great, he leads with election integrity, wall and borders, Second Amendment, abortion. Ryan Zinke is an establishment candidate. So that's Montana one. And this Saturday, I've mentioned to you before, but Sarah Palin is coming up for that uh, seat. I think there's 50 people running in that race uh, for Congress. Personally, Personally, I would love to see Sarah Palin in Congress. Can you imagine? As I said, they've come after her to nobody. She doesn't is not beholden to anyone, which gives her the license to speak the truth. So I think, you know, that's something to think about as you go in to vote. I will be right back after this. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses. Watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills, and it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65+, Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. 
Persecuted Christians in China, they're beaten, jailed, and threatened with death, and they need your help today. This is Bible League International, and just outside of Beijing, 12-year-old Ming became a believer after learning English as a second language through a program from Bible League because the Bible is the source of the reading assignments. Ming would lead her father, Daiku, a Confucianist to Christ, but her bitter atheist mother has turned them in for attending a house church near their home outside of Beijing. Now, we're not sure what's going to happen to these two, but they remain faithful in worship, and they're praying for Bibles because in their church of two There's only about three Bibles. Many are known to stay after the service to write down some scriptures just to have something to take into their week. And 50-year-old Katsu, beaten and jailed many times as a pastor, he led his atheist interrogator to Christ. Together they've seen thousands come to Christ. They need Bibles in China. We're sending God's Word to 16,000 persecuted believers. We have to do this by the end of June. So at $5 a Bible, call 800-YES-WORD, 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 or give it sendbiblesnow.org, sendbiblesnow.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stearns. Stand by for news and commentary next. Hey, this is Evangelist Nick Hall coming this summer. Together 22, 50 years ago, Explo 72, led by Billy Graham, rallied an entire generation to share the gospel. This summer, June 24th and 25th, we're doing it again. And it's free. Together 22 will feature some of the biggest names in Christian music. Some of the best preachers coming to equip you. More information at Pulse.org. Have you noticed that everything is about politics these days? I grew up in the 1970s and 80s. Star Wars, Hank Aaron, the Atlanta Braves. It was a great time to be a kid. Back then, politics was relegated to Sunday mornings on network television. But now, everything is political. The Tampa Bay Double Rays are in the middle of a big gay pride controversy. Five players refused to wear rainbow-colored uniforms. They said endorsing the LGBT agenda violated their Christian beliefs. You've got nearly every sports reporter in the country calling these guys homophobes. The Milwaukee Brewers held a family-friendly drag queen show. Meanwhile, the Carolina Panthers just added their first transgender cheerleader, a man who identifies as a woman wearing a skimpy halter top and short shorts. And Notre Dame just revised their fight song to make it more inclusive. Loyal daughters will now join loyal sons marching on to victory. Man, I sure do miss the 80s. I'm Todd Starnes. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. There's no way you could support him for president again. No. Uh, there's one way. Yeah. If he apologized. So if he came out and said, I'm sorry, I mean, all that goes If he came out and said, I'm sorry that I made a huge mistake on January 6th, then I might consider it. What will it mean for the Republican Party if he runs again? I think it it will hurt us. All right, so there you go. That's uh, that's Tom Rice, and he is the sitting congressman in uh, South Carolina, and that is coming up next Tuesday. So I hope, listen, I hope you have your pencils out. Um, to take notes, I will actually be out next Monday, and I won't be able to talk to you about this. So uh, this, if you care, you know, if you want to hear what I have to say and remember it, you might want to write some of this down if this affects your state. Uh, so next uh, Tuesday, it is South Carolina and Nevada. And in South Carolina, that race, that's Tom Rice, the sitting incumbent. Uh, he has the endorsement of Liz Cheney, Paul Ryan, Chris Christie. Uh, and, of course, he voted for Trump's impeachment. You just heard what he said. You know, if Trump would take responsibility for January 6th or apologize, uh, he would support him. So the challenger in that race is Russell Fry. Trump has endorsed him. Mike Lindell has endorsed him. He is a current 
member of the South Carolina House of Representatives, and he, he leads with election integrity. That's what Russell Fry is concerned about. Now, that's next Tuesday's primary in South Carolina. Also, another race that's really interesting in South Carolina is the race between Nancy Mace, who is the incumbent, uh, and Katie Arrington, who is endorsed by President Trump. Let me see if I can explain, because I think this is going to be um, a confusing race for many of you in South Carolina, and I don't claim, again, to know everything about this, but I will do my best. Um, my understanding, again, from people that I trust uh, who are tracking this stuff closely, I trust their judgment. Nancy May says the incumbent started out being kind of a darling of conservatives, and um, but somehow uh, has morphed into something different, and she became critical of President Trump. Not that you can't be critical of President Trump, so am I. But on some key issues, she just began to kind of change her position that she had had uh, when she was elected. And now I understand that she's very close to Kevin McCarthy. Now, that's a red flag for me, a huge red flag for me. Nancy Mace is, um, you know, supposed to be the conservative, and that once you buddy up with the establishment, it depends on who the establishment is, I guess. But for the most part, that's not good. And so Nancy Mace uh, is being endorsed by Nikki Haley. By the way, red flags on Nikki, red flags. I don't think I've explained that, but I think Nikki's amb- uh, ambitious, and I don't think she's what people think she is. She says some wonderful things, but I this when I talk to you about trust, she's someone I do not trust. Okay, so if she endorses someone, that doesn't mean anything to me at all. So she, Nancy Mace has her endorsement. Katie Arrington worked for President Trump in his administration. Uh, let me see if I can give you more information on her. I thought I had made better notes than this. But she, uh, President Trump is upset with Nancy Mace because she criticized him over January 6th. And that's a personal thing. But, you know, this election is not about President Trump. It isn't about President Trump. We have to make evaluation. That, can tell, that informs us. Uh, how, what they say and what they do in regard to him informs us, but there are other things to consider. But in this case, I think based on what I'm hearing about Nancy Mace, there's reason to be concerned. And uh, she, as the, um, what was the thing I, yeah, I'm going to give you more information about that. I will try, you know, next Tuesday I will be back on the air and I'll give you more information about that race, but that's a heads up on what's happening there. And then uh, in Nevada, there is a uh, a candidate running, Adam Laxalt, who is endorsed by with everyone on the conservative side. Sometimes there's a split, but it's Adam Laxalt. He's in, uh, endorsed by President Trump, by Club for Growth, by Family Pack Federal, and um, and other people. So people feel like he people that I trust feel like he's the best candidate, and that's the Senate race in Nevada. And then in uh, just a heads up for future. On June 21st is that special runoff in Alabama between Katie Britt and Mo Brooks. Remember that Katie is the, they're pouring millions and millions of dollars to get her elected for that Senate seat. Uh, Mo is the one that I've interviewed several times who was endorsed by President Trump. He was there on January 6th at that rally. Uh, he has been a no-holds-barred conservative. Uh, he uh, He said something about the election that upset President Trump, so President Trump removed his endorsement. I suspect there are whispers in President Trump's ears that were not legitimate, because Katie Britt uh, is no Trump supporter, I guarantee you. She may say that she is, but she's connected with um, Shelby. She was, I think, his uh, chief of staff or working in his election. 
uh, she and Shelby worked, uh, you know, tirelessly to get uh, Doug Jones in, uh, elected. The Democrat, Doug Jones, the leftist, Doug Jones, elected in Alabama. Trust me, she's no conservative, yet she has all the money, and they're doing everything they can to stop Mo Brooks because he won't be controlled by Kevin McCarthy and the leadership in the House, nor will he be controlled by others. And so uh, that's what's happening on uh, June 21st. Also in Alabama, uh, Mo Brooks is leaving a seat. Um, the incumbent, well, I think, uh, no, there's no incumbent there, but Dale Strong is leading in that race. But uh, people tell me that Casey Wodinski is the Freedom Caucus pick. Uh, Casey, and that he's a, he's a great candidate to take Mulbrook's seat as opposed to Dale Strong. So I'm just telling you, this is what I'm hearing, and um, I hope that was clear. Now, I want to tell you what's happening in other elections, be, uh, just election news. I, I find this uh, really interesting, and there's been so much in the news about, you know, continuing investigations are taking place all over the country about voter irregularities, voter rolls, uh, you know, the the movie 2,000 Mules. Uh, there's another movie coming out, and I, Laura Logan is going to be my guest in a couple of days. She's done a, another video uh, or movie on voter, the lack, well, I don't exactly know what area, but it's going to be on what happened in 2020, so it should be interesting. Uh, so there's all kinds of investigations going on, but here's one. This is from uh, our good friend uh, Christian um, <laughs> I can't think of his name. <laughs> Jay Christian Adams, I can't think of his name, just teasing. He always uh, he fills in for me often, and he's, of course, the head of the Public Interest Legal Foundation, the founder of it, actually. And he just found, they just found, that the New Jersey voter registration records contain more than 8,200 duplicate names, making it possible for one person to cast two ballots, plus another 61 triplicate registration, seven quadruplicates, three pin duplicates, and one sex duplicate. And so New Jersey's got problems, and that's just in one state. Now, here's an interesting story. This is coming out of Michigan. And uh, this is the title of this article. The article is in 100% Fed Up. In fact, we should put this on our Facebook, uh, Facebook, whoops, our getter page. Adam, it's uh, from um, uh, 100% Fed Up. It's uh, 100percentfedup.com slash breaking hero sheriff Suze Lawless, Michigan AG, Nestle, dishonest Michigan Secretary of State Benson for interfering, obstructing, and covering up crimes in election fraud investigations, including machine voting and ballot harvesting. That's a long title. I think I might have to send that to you. So um, here's the deal. Uh, you can find this. It's 100. It's spelled. It's uh, it's the numbers. One zero zero. One zero zero percent fed up, and you can find it. But here's a little bit about this discovery. The sheriff's name is Dar Leaf, uh, and he is laying the legal groundwork for all sheriffs in any county anywhere um, to to sue and charge election racketeering. This is what he says. Sheriff Dar Leaf spends eight pages of his report establishing. Uh, that a county sheriff's duty, in Michigan at least, under the codified law, is to enforce election laws in his or her county. He cites all the state statutes currently in in force and the legal precedents established by the courts. He shows how he's been prevented from doing his job by State Attorney General Dana Nessel. And what Sheriff Darleaf is doing here is establishing why he has the legal right to criminally charge both the mules and the people running the, the stash houses and the people funding the criminal enterprise to stuff the ballot boxes in his county. 
And so, um, but he's got more to it than that. So just bear with me. This is, I find this really interesting, and I think that you will too. So far, uh, Nestle and Benson, and that's the Secretary of State, and the, uh, the uh, Dana, she's the Attorney General, sorry, got to remember this. Yeah, Attorney General Nestle have prevented and obstructed him from enforcing the state and federal election laws in his county on the instances he's already wanted to bring charges on. He's claiming that he had plenty of evidence of criminal activity related to election racketeering, and he's been prevented from enforcing the law in his county by Nessel and Benson. He's going to attempt to criminally charge all the mules, all the stash houses, NGOs, and all the people funding the illegal ballot racketeering. And as usual, Nessel and Benson are going to try to stop him. The lawsuit is the sheriff firing the first shot in the coming legal battle. And he's concentrating on two things, voting machine hacking and ballot harvesting. He says he was alerted by city clerks to numerous acts of fraudulent voter registration and was prevented from acting on what he was told. And now, as more evidence has emerged or is about to emerge, Sheriff Leaf is publicly going to use his lawsuit to defend the criminal charges he'll be making. I want to go. I want to go further. Okay, if you don't mind, this again is in Michigan. This is a sheriff in Michigan, Darleaf. He's bringing charges against the Attorney General of uh, Michigan and the Secretary of State to prevent. Back to the article to prevent county officials from conducting an investigation into election fraud and racketeering crimes. State official pulled rank and seized documents, machines, and property, and w- then went on to intimidate witnesses. They illegally claimed they could take Sheriff Leaf's authority to investigate away from him and assign it to others. It wasn't until March of this year that state officials found out that Sheriff Leaf was conducting his own investigation of election fraud counties crimes in Barrie County, and state agencies quickly moved in and seized all the evidence from the county. The state-level people moved in and shut Sheriff Leaf's county investigation of election fraud down by seizing all the evidence and taking it away from him. And that happened in March of 2022. So uh, anyway, in the same time, the, another county, the same thing happened, a coordinated raid. That was uh, both Barry and Irving counties were raided. And so there's a lot more detail to that, but uh, you can get that yourself at 100percentfedup.com. And that's uh, the Sheriff Darleaf story. And I think it would be worth, especially those of you from uh, Michigan, will want to read that and acquaint yourself so you know what you're up against and you can join that fight. And that reminds me, people in Pennsylvania, they have joined forces, forces to demand election integrity. They are, it's more than 70 groups in Pennsylvania have joined together to work. And, you know, that's part of the problem. We have so many conservative groups, both in, in Washington, but also in states, and they don't necessarily play well together. Sound familiar? They all have their turf. And it's time, honestly, to look for common ground and work together. And that's what they're doing in Pennsylvania. So they are, uh, they are demanding that their legislators repeal no-excuse mail-in voting and secure the Commonwealth's election processes. So that's cool. By the way, in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, Do- uh, McCormick, David McCormick has conceded to Dr. Oz. So Dr. Oz is now going to be the... Senator there. And then there another story that I just read in passing was this I didn't see anywhere else, but it looks as though the Democrats are now, tr- because their support, you can only guess that this is the reason, their support in the Hispanic community is dropping. It's dropping incredibly. In fact, I have some stats on that. <clears throat> it's dropping. And so they have started buying. <clears throat> there are, after all, it, this may surprise you, there are conservative radio stations 
uh, in uh, the country. And so the Democrats are going around the country buying up these conservative Spanish language uh, radio stations because why? Well, you fill in the blanks. And that includes Miami's ultra-conservative radio, Mambi. Uh, so now it's been uh, bought by a group led by Democrats. So, you know, they're they're all over it. They've got all kinds of plans, and they're trying to think of every angle possible. So be sure that you vote today. Again, the only way real conservatives who care about this country want election integrity, want to abide by the Constitution, want to reestablish law and order, uh, and, uh, the you know, the, the founding father's vision for this incredible and really very successful experiment that everyone said would fail. And we're watching to see if they were right. Will it fail? Will it, after this many years, are we going to go off the rails and never be able to get it back? I, I hope that's not true. I hope that's not true. It may be that God is going to allow this. I fully recognize that. But until we know that he's going to do that, we should fight, don't you think? How many times in this world have there been battles that looked like everything was lost? I think of the Revolution. Uh, George Washington had every reason in the world to quit a hundred times. What is the use? The British have this huge, huge navy. They have all, they're the most powerful sea uh, navy in the world. They dominate every country. And they're coming at the Americans who have nothing. They have, they're Soldiers are fighting barefoot. They're starving. And yet, they did not give up. I think part of the problem, I confess to you, is that we have gotten so very comfortable. We have really reaped the blessings of our founding fathers. We've reaped them so much that we have become soft, and we don't really even know hardly how to fight. But we're going to learn. I guarantee you, everyone listening to me, you're going to learn how to fight in your own way, or you're going to be destroyed and rolled over. Uh, you're going to have to make some hard choices. You will not be able to stay in the background and remain neutral. The left doesn't work that way. They will demand that you declare. And if you don't declare the right thing, you will be punished. And even experientially, I can tell you this from uh, totalitarian governments and movements and the countries I've been to, the stories that I know, and all the things I've read, uh, that it really won't matter if you're not the right degree of an agreement with them. You might lose your life or your well-being. It is no time for the faint-hearted. It's no time for those that want to compromise. Remember that Revelation has this list of people who will not enter the kingdom of heaven. And on that list are not just murderers and adulterers and you think all the list you might think. It is cowards. Cowards. So practice courage today, one step at a time, speaking up, doing what's right, taking a risk, making a sacrifice, and it just might happen that God's people could prevail in this current battle that we face. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. So, Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White. Hannah took her pain to God, and God heard her and was with her. 
Hannah's Heart helps couples process infertility and miscarriage through a biblical lens. Join us Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. Find the podcast at AFR.net. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, slanders. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The Texas Department of Public Safety has confirmed that at least 19 elementary school children and two teachers were murdered by an 18-year-old at Robb Elementary in Uvalde, Texas. The massacre has spurred the typical knee-jerk calls for more gun control legislation. We never see this type of reaction when other instrumentalities like knives or motor vehicles are used to perpetuate heinous crimes. But the issue isn't the instrumentality. The real issue is the sin-sick human heart. There's only one way to address it, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Avoiding the true cause avoids the only cure. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. Last August, Joe Biden failed to deter the Taliban's final assault in Afghanistan. In fact, his conduct and odious orders to the U.S. military to cut and run in the middle of the night, leaving $83 billion worth of advanced weaponry behind, not only assured, but effectively invited the jihadists' victory there and whetted their appetite for more elsewhere. In February, Team Biden once again communicated its unwillingness to impose appreciable costs, this time for a Russian invasion of Ukraine. Vladimir Putin responded, like the Taliban. Now, as communist China prepares for war, the Biden administration is clearing the way for U.S. investors, including federal government employees and military personnel, to put their money in China. It's also easing Trump-era tariffs, further generating revenues that not only signal our provocative weakness, but actually will help pay for China's aggression. Had enough? This is Frank Afty. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. What happened to Peter Navarro is what should have happened to Peter Navarro. He was indicted. And when you're indicted, you're arrested. What Peter Navarro did it was so far out of bounds, it's so indefensible. This prosecution is really about punishing Navarro based on his blatant disrespect for the congressional subpoena. 
Yes, so that's a montage from MSNBC. And, of course, Peter Navarro was the, I think he's 72. He's the former advisor to President Trump, senior advisor. He's an economist. He graduated from Harvard, and I think he was teaching. Uh, I don't know if he's not teaching now, but he's been teaching at a university. Kind of, a you know, uh, like a guy who doesn't commit crime. Last night, uh, Tucker Carlson did a great expose on this, and I'm borrowing some of his clips from last night. I just want you to know that I'm thankful that he has such great staff and they do such great work. But that montage tells you what they're saying about Peter Navarro. Now, we talked about this yesterday, but listen, it's not over. This is just horrific what they have done to him. In fact, maybe I should let you hear what he has to say again as he retold it to Tucker last night. This is clip two. I was in a position uh, where a partisan committee uh, has weaponized the investigatory powers for the purpose of uh, preventing Donald Trump from ever getting back in the White House. Uh, they subpoenaed me illegally, and um, I, I was faced with the untenable choice of upholding executive privilege, which was not my privilege to waive. That's Donald Trump's privilege to waive. So I did my duty to the president. I did my duty to this country. And here we sit. And, and the civil suit I filed, Tucker, I hope will be historically important because there's really two constitutional issues here at stake. The first, with this weaponization of Congress's investigatory powers, is a clear violation of the separation of powers in our Constitution. The legislative branch is not supposed to be the judge, jury, and execution. I heard one of your commentators there when you played that clip, the purpose was to punish Peter Navarro. That's not their role. That's the judiciary's role. So that alone... Um, is sufficient to render what they have done illegal and therefore what the Department of Justice did uh, illegal. But the bigger issue here, Tucker, and this is where the Department of Justice and committee were so disingenuous. I assert executive, uh, the executive privilege prevents me from, from complying with their subpoenas. And instead of going to talk and negotiate the privilege with Donald Trump, as the law requires, they went into this fanciful and absurd notion that Biden, a sitting incumbent president, could strip his immediate predecessor of executive privilege and me, a staff member to the president, of what the Justice Department itself, as you pointed out, uh, has absolute testimonial immunity. It's absurd on its face. All right, so he's talking about uh, something that's a little obscure to all of us, but the point is that sitting presidents have always been protected, like their advisors can speak to them freely without fearing that their notes, their interactions will uh, be made public. Because if you've ever been in, uh, maybe you haven't worked in a corporate or, or, or business setting, but if you're trying to make big decisions in, in a company or entity, uh, there you brainstorm, you say all kinds of things, some of them outright, it's necessary to be able to just think out loud. Uh, and so uh, executive privilege is something that's been kind of a hallowed uh, protection of people that work for presidents in the past. But Joe Biden has waived President Trump's executive privilege, and that's what uh, Peter Navarro is talking about. What are you talking about? No, I have executive privilege. So I'll give you an example. By contrast, we'll just talk about Eric Holder, who was the attorney general under Barack Obama. And under uh, Barack Obama, they they instituted this ridiculous uh, gun, uh, gun, I don't know what to call it, outsourcing to Mexico. They sent, they did gun running. 
And we have still to, yet to understand exactly what they were doing, but one of our border agents was killed in the process of that. Eric Holder was subpoenaed to come before Congress, subpoenaed to turn over records about what the what this was all about and where it came from because one of our border agents was killed by one of the guns that our people uh, uh, they wanted to stop. Border Patrol the, uh, agent Brian Terry died in December 2010, killed by guns tied to an Obama administration. That's all right, you guys. We could listen to that. <laughs> it was a trigger finger. But anyway, that's just the story about it. And uh, so he defied that subpoena and did not come. And nothing happened to him. Border Patrol agent Brian Terry died in December 2010, killed. All right. Well, we'll just let that go. All right. So I'm telling the story without us playing the clip. So Holder did not come to the house. He just uh, refused to come and nothing happened to him. And then I want to also, Tucker played this last night, and this was the instance. uh, No, actually, let's do this. Uh, Peter goes on to talk about uh, what happened to him. Now, some of this you have heard, but I think it was, it's important to hear it again. This is clip three. And I have now both said, and which is, what you and I have now both said, and which is absolute fact, is that the, the mission of that partisan witch hunt kangaroo committee, which is unduly authorized and not properly constituted and it has no subpoena power, they have only one mission, to concoct a fake hoax around January 6th based on criminal charges against Trump to prevent him from running for re-election uh, in, in taking back the White House in 2025, January. That's all this is about. And the idea, look, Tucker, this was, I, I, you, I, you said it, I lived right next door, 50 yards from the FBI. On the Wednesday night, I sent an email to Patricia Alloy, the deputy uh, attorney, and said, look, I'm seeking a modus vivendi here. I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place. Let's see what we can do. I gave her the name of an attorney. I told Walter... Giordana, the FBI agent who'd come banging on my door the week before. Hey, Walter, I'm here. Just call me whatever you need. You don't need to bang on my door. They chose a different route. They didn't call my attorney. Instead, they went with this shock and awe, terrorist strategy. To, yeah, 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 let me go to the airport and then and take me with five agents like I'm an Al-Qaeda terrorist, rock me into a car, and the next thing I know, look, man, I'm in leg irons, handcuffs, strip search. I mean, it was not without comedy. I mean, at one point, the FBI agents couldn't find the door to go into where I was supposed to go. The fingerprint machine didn't work. But, but it, you know, people do not want to sit in solitary confinement in leg irons, denied food, denied water, denied an attorney. And yet this is what we live in. I mean, I studied Kafka in college. It took me like till I was 72 to understand Kafka. Yes. All right. So that's his telling. And that's what happened to him. So who does that? He's living next door to the FBI. What's customary, as if Bruce were with me, he would tell you, is there if they're going to call a high profile person, that's not a, a risk of flight. Uh, they let them know that they're going. They're being called. They ask them to show up. They'll show up with their attorney at the FBI, and the, the process will continue. They don't, you know, do these raids. But that's what's been happening this last since the Obama era. I think of Roger Stone. I mean, this is not the Obama era, but this is the the Trump era. Roger Stone, an advisor to the president, really not officially. I don't think really. Uh, But he was, you know, outspoken about the election. And so uh, the FBI not only raided his house in the early morning hours, they called CNN, who were waiting there in the dark to film it. And if you don't believe me, let's listen to clip six. 
Clip six. Okay, well, you'll hear if you could hear footage we're looking at right now from CNN as the FBI arrives at Roger Stone's residence in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, taking him into custody. They arrived before dawn there, before 6 a.m. or just after 6 a.m. A dozen officers were told. Yeah, so they pulled Roger out, pulled his wife out, who was uh, very sick, had cancer. Made them go in the yard. Uh, and, and CNN, you know, I really, honestly, don't you think CNN is so diligent? They were probably just happened to be sitting out in front of Roger Stone's residence at 4 o'clock in the morning. Surely the FBI didn't let them know. This, see how just this is horrific. This is what the Soviet Stasi did to people. This is what the Nazis did. This is what they do to people. This is how totalitarian governments operate. This why this cannot stand. It cannot stand. And so the January 6th committee, which is, you know, full of Trump haters, including Liz Cheney and including Adam Kinzinger, the one that Nancy Pelosi refused to allow any Republicans appointed by Kevin McCarthy. He appointed uh, Jim Jordan and Jim Banks from Indiana who would have fought back and tried to get to bring brought another side point of view or more evidence. No, 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 no. They've been under these weeks of of uh, gathering this information, and you can just imagine what this is going to be. And they're going to start the, the uh, hearings Thursday night. They've actually hired this big-time producer. It's James Goldston. He's the former president of ABC News. He produced Good Morning America and Nightline. And so he, he actually said of this that he's planning a show as if it were a blockbuster investigative special. So it's going to have all the bells and whistles. It'll be like watching, you know, Netflix. Uh, you'll have this produced version of this kangaroo court of January 6th talking about the so-called insurrection. And to back that up, the Justice Department has just indicted the Proud Boys, the Proud Boys, for seditious conspiracy related to the Capitol riot. I find that interesting because you may recall that Bill Barr just last week said himself that from the evidence that came out in the Michael Sussman trial, seeing what how the the Democratic National Committee, Hillary Clinton's campaign, Hillary Clinton, uh, the Fusion GPS, uh, and the FBI, uh, all of them, oh, the CIA. It was a, Bill Barr said, it looked like sedition to him. It looked like sedition that all of these agencies would coordinate to lie about Trump's uh, connection with Russia, about the connection with the bank, about the dossier. They they made it all up. They created it. They fanned the flames. The media helped them. He, Bill Barr said it was sedition. But now, no, 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 no. Uh, Michael Sussman's free, and the Proud Boys have been charged with seditious conspiracy. By the way, the Oath Keepers have also been charged. Uh, Stuart Rhodes and 10 others have been charged with seditious conspiracy. Rhodes is a former U.S. Army paratrooper, graduated from Yale Law School. Oath Keepers, as I understand it, a lot of people that I know and am acquainted with, it's a secret thing. They don't like wear it on their uh, sleeve, but Oath Keepers is about the oath of office. I swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States. It's the oath my husband took. As an FBI agent, that's the oath that they're sworn to keep, and that's somehow seditious. Yeah, so um, the uh, the Proud Boys now have been charged with a seditious conspiracy. This is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. 
And um, so these, uh, you know, flamboyant, wow, great music, bring the lights up, uh, hearing is going to be taking place Thursday night at 8 o'clock. And Liz Cheney uh, thinks this is great. Uh, she thinks it's very, very important. She wants you to know. Let's listen to clip one. This moment, a moral test for the Republican. Is this moment a moral test for the Republican Party? Absolutely. No, no question. And, and right now we're failing. You know, in my state, the, the state party chairman is a member of the Oath Keepers. He was, he was here on January 6th. Uh, he was here with a walkie-talkie in his hand on January 6th. That is a, a mortal threat, and it is a moral test. We, we can't fail that moral test, but there are too many right now in my party um, who are failing it. So, her, the guy that leads the Republican, or the opponent, or I think it's the Republican Party in her state, Wyoming, was there on January 6th, and he had a walkie-talkie. And that's a mortal threat. That is a mortal threat. He's an oath keeper. And that's a mortal threat. This is so twisted. And I just hope and pray that you will use your common sense, that you will ask God to really to give you discernment beyond measure as you hear what you're going to hear this week. And remember, as I did this morning, I woke up so early, and I thought about all those guys in the jail. And I know emotions don't count for anything without action. Um, but I'm filled with emotions for them. When I think about it's like I can almost imagine hearing their prayers and groanings. Praying to God, I was asking God to please hear their prayers and bring relief and bring justification and bring justice to those guys. That's not going to happen Thursday night. Interestingly enough, uh, Fox News Channel is not going to carry Thursday's primetime uh, J6 committee hearing. They'll be, you know, breaking in and out of it as they think is necessary. Fox Business Network will be carrying it, Fox Nation, and you can imagine that the others We'll be carrying it. It's the first of many primetime hearings to come, says the Washington Post. The committee plans to detail their findings of what they say was a month-long Republican conspiracy to overthrow Joe Biden's legitimate election victory led by President Donald Trump. The committee will even accuse President Trump of committing a crime by intentionally trying to stop Congress's certification of Biden's win on January 6th. Yes, they want Donald Trump to be arrested and put in jail and they want all of us who supported him to be treated just like Peter Navarro, uh, just like all the other people that we've talked about, like the, our friends in the jail right now. Uh, it is a nightmare for all of us. And so, you know, gird your loins. Here we go. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.